It's a realm where ordinary people face extraordinary worlds. Like fairy tale heroes, these men and women are folks whose lives suddenly go awry. And now these modern jacks and beauties confront challenges of body, mind, and spirit, with dark consequences if they fail. Deliria is a realm of innocence, challenge, and transformation, a place where the tales you tell are yours. A place where hope remains, the bravest force, and cleverness brings giants down. Welcome to Deliria. What might you become? Drunk. Real drunk. I'm looking at their character sheet, and uh, it starts with, This tale I will tell you about myself. Well, yeah, I'm going to tell you a tale about myself, and what I am, and why why I'm a, a guy. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dude who's in Are a... you a barista? Are you a sexy barista with a with an <sighs> air of danger about you? Yeah, not, I, you don't know where I've been, or where that coffee's been, but you want to know. But folks around town say you can talk to ravens, but I don't know if I believe them about that. But there's a twinkle in your eye, and your cloak always moves as if wind is blowing. Also, the next section of the character sheet just says portrait, and then there's like ten lines to put text down. Yeah, and I mean, there's, there's also a, there's a box. There's a box for you to draw a little picture of your super awesome raver who who has a heart of gold but sometimes talks to the wind. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, you have to have the portrait lines and the portrait space, because I mean, maybe, maybe I can't draw, but I can draw with words. <laughs> maybe I'm a word artist, and the words flow like rainbows through a prism of your mind. Will you accept the dance, or will the dance accept you? <laughs> I like it so that you could actually write down what you think about your portrait. Like, you know... <laughs> portrait! How, how does I, it make you feel? I really fucked this one up. The nose is kind of weird. My eyes are off-center. I'm sorry. Okay, so, uh... Hi, John. I'm Jeff. This is uh, the System Mastery Podcast, the podcast where we uh, review an old RPG and then discuss it <laughs> you at, at great length. You almost said where we review a dead horse. <laughs> review a dead horse. <laughs> This horse is gamey. Mmm, <laughs> no, don't like it. Continues to be dead. Poked <laughs> with a stick. Result, inconclusive. Day 12. <laughs> so, uh, this, again, this is System Mastery. We, we review old role-playing games. Uh, this week we are both a little, uh, a little tipsy here. Yeah, we're, we're a little drunk on the fairy wine. And also, uh, fairy wine is strawberry vodka. Oh, yeah, it's gotta be. <laughs> We are reviewing the book Deliria, Fairy Tales for a New Millennium. Yeah. Uh, it's by it's by Phil Bricado, who uh, was instrumental in early Old World of Darkness. Yeah, I think you mean Satiros Phil Bricado? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Is it Satiros or is it Phil Satiros Bricado? I think it is just Satiros Phil Bricado. Yeah, I think Satiros is his first name-ish. Now, did that happen after he wrote this book? Did he determine a new first name for himself, do you think? I mean... Again, no research. No, none. But I'm I'm almost certain that uh, he got to a point where he decided, yes, I am in fact satire-like. Yeah. Do you think that gets him more play at parties and stuff when he introduces himself as... You would not as... believe the trim that he pulls down <laughs> yeah. when he introduces himself as Satiros. Do you think he actually has to pull a pan flute out at the end of saying, I'm Satiros, Phil Bricado? <laughs> <Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
Okay, so this book is from around 2002. Yep, yep. And it feels like it. Yeah, this is, uh, it was at the height of our dumb White Wolf era. This is, uh, definitely one of those books where they want you to feel, it's a book for special snowflakes. Yes, I mean, more than almost anything else, which was one of the more defining problems with the White Wolf series where you are a special snowflake, this in particular is like, no, no really you. Graham you Woodward, specifically uh, the are co-host and producer of that's Saving the Game, the, uh, which is a uh, podcast this book, about by the way, was a Christians gift. and Gamers Back to the Table, which you can find at savingthegamepodcast.org. So, again, thanks very much, uh, Grant, for the for the gift. This has been an awesome book. We we don't totally hate you for no. convincing us to read no. this. Not at all. Huh. You you like podcasts, don't you, Woodward? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, <laughs> He sent us two books, and the other one, the, the Splat book for this game. Oh my god. We're not even getting into it, but Jesus. I want to talk about it very briefly, because we were just talking about how this is a game about how you, you are a special snowflake. The next book, the Splat book, and I only skimmed it a little, is Stats for Playing as Yourself. Yeah, I mean, every gamer at some point has taken their game and gone, how would I stat myself in this game? What's my dexterity? What's my charisma? You do it for about five minutes, and then you realize that you're fat and old and tired. <laughs> then you're like, oh, wait, I've got ones in every stat, and I'm terrible. Oh, shit, I would qualify for fighter because it doesn't have requirements. <laughs> that's that's what happens to you. Yeah. So there's another book over there, and it does it works that way. There's classes in that, I mean, classes. This book, let's be let's be clear, this book has nothing. No. No rules, no, it, it's, it's not, it's 170 pages into this main book before you find a rule. No, this book is a watery fart of content. Oh, my God. So, uh, anyway, it, it has things for, like, playing indolent old man, <laughs> toddler, just a tired guy. <laughs> indolent old toddler. <laughs> just like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, let's get through the premise of what this is. And it took me a long time to get through the premise of what this is. For, uh, I'd say about a hundred pages of reading in this book, I didn't know if you play as fairies or just as someone whose job it is to kind of put up with fairies. <laughs> am I a fairy, or am I fairy adjacent? Yeah. It turns out you're fairy adjacent, which led us to think about a much better game that we could be playing than what this is. Because <laughs> this is a game of playing fairy tales. Like, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk, or you know, Cinderella, that sort of thing. Fairy tales. With the difference being that uh, fairy tales aren't actually about fairies. That's just a word they stick on there. And usually there aren't fairies in them, and if they are, they're extremely minor characters that briefly turn a pumpkin into a carriage or something. Yeah. In this, fairies take center stage and are annoying and prancy and stupid. Yeah, you know, you live in the mundane world, but in the fairy world, everything is different. Why, there's mysteriums around every corner, and you might end up in a (laughs) goblin market, and the goblins have things for sale, but everything they ask is... Far too much, but not more than you could afford. Maybe they want three robin's eggs. And you're like, oh my Christ, shut the fuck up. You hear a sound on the wind, but perhaps the wind itself is a sound. Dare you accept this cantata of music? That's <laughs> we we could do this all day because and and I'm not joking here, podcast listeners. If you flip this book open to a random page and stick your thumb on the start of a column, that column is some shenanigans about how great fairies are. Hold on, I just did exactly that. And, Deliria isn't just a place, it's the dream of place, an incarnation of the elements, and a reflection of all their properties. Everything in this living world has both a literal form and a symbolic essence. Okay, that was a random page with a random point. I confirm this. He did not write that down in advance. It's just a random page. 
Every page starts like that. It takes hundreds of pages before you get to a rule about what the fuck your character does. It is literally 170 pages in before they go, Hey, maybe we should tell you anything. If you want a word of the day calendar, where the word of the day is always, Fairies are great. This is the book to buy. If you just can't get enough of whimsy, then boy do I have an RPG for you. Oh my god. Okay. So... I feel like I'm cheating by stopping talking about the first 150 pages of this book, <laughs> but let's real quick, quickly, uh, quickly jump to the back and talk about what the rules of this fucking thing are. You play as some fucking guy. You are just some dude. And you have three stats that split into a bunch of different substats. But maybe you don't even have stats at all. Maybe you use the power of imagination and camaraderie to decide what happens. After all, if you use stats, your stats will come to you as you. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, the book presents literally everything in it in three different steps of either you do this full LARP, there are no stats, there's no anything, and if you want to decide what happens, you either convince your storyteller guy that you want to be the king of hot shit, yeah. and he says, I don't know if you're the king of hot shit, and then you act it out, and a council of three, or perhaps it is six, determine it under a full moon before they rub butter on a voodoo doll. <laughs> no, okay, so there, he's right, there are three modes. There's full-on LARP, which you still have a deck of cards, because... Yeah, you can still take a chance. Because the, the, the game either uses a deck of cards or 2d10 for resolution. Which, okay, so the deck of cards is, you have your four suits... And the black suits, if you pull a card and it's a regular number, then it is a negative of that amount to whatever your personal stats are, which is your grace, which, oh my god. Anyway, so the black suits are negative, the red suits are positive, and then you have the face cards will do certain things. Yes, like the jack is different from the queen and so on, and don't even ask me to remember what they are. Okay, so the you take out the king of... Uh, it's one red king and the and king one... of clubs. It doesn't really matter. You take out a red king and a black king. And then if you draw the king of the uh, red cards, then you have a super awesome triumph no matter what your shit was. And if you pull the king of the black cards, then everything sucks forever and you're a big dumb idiot. Yep. Now, uh, this is because this game is the LARPiest game we've ever read. And we've read Nexus live-action role-playing. Yeah, it has LARP in the name, and this is way LARPier. This is the LARPiest book I've ever seen. So, you have a deck of cards, because dice take you right out of a, of a LARP, I assume. Probably. I, I guess so. I, I mean, I've never actually played in one, but I always hear it's like rock, paper, scissors, and uh, smoking in the stair in the emergency stairwell. Is pretty much what a LARP is. Yeah, well, I mean, if you have dice, you have to have a place to roll dice. Yeah. And that means you can't be dancing in the fields, naked, <laughs> while you sing your praises to the fairy queen! And sing the song of the crabs! <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're dancing naked in the forest, you're probably going to have to sing a song to the crabs, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's going to be their life song, and you will learn all about them. <laughs> but, okay, so th- that's how the chance mechanic works. The D10 version of it is the exact same uh, resolution, just using D10s instead of car- uh, cards. And uh, I'm going to try and drunkenly explain this. <laughs> you roll 2D10, and one of them is face, and the other one is number, so on a uh, on a 1 through 4 it's red, on a 5 through 8 it's black, on a 9 through 10 it becomes a face card and then you go over to your 1 through 10 die which would normally be numbers one, or, or cards 1 or ace through 10 and instead you use a chart to determine which face card it is. Yep. 
Good with, job. You did it. With the chart being, you know, like one through two is the black queen, one th- three through four is the red queen, etc. So it, it's, uh, it's a little annoying to try and run that. And that's where if you're playing this game tabletop. So there's the LARP mode. Yep. Then there's basic mode. Basic mode, which is, imagine if D&D didn't have skills. That's, that's basic mode. Like if every time you rolled anything, it was just like strength check. Except in this game, there's only three stats. So it would always be mind check or body check. Or spirit check. Yeah, so you've got your three stats, and you could have... They are your keys. Mm-hmm. You have three keys. Yes, you have three keys. Yeah, I saw three keys. <laughs> Come sailing in. <laughs> <laughs> and these three keys are going to be all that you do. Uh, you do have skills, but you have a vocation. Mm-hmm. Which and... are additionally keys, and each one of the vocations splits down into even more sub-vocation-y things. Yeah, so you could be... Like, I've got a vocation in technology... And then you could split that up into specifically, like, computers or uh, radio or what have you. We're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, because that's what advanced is. Yeah. So basic is you have a couple of vocations, very simple ones, things like technology and so, uh, you know, athletics. Your, your computer has a virus, and you roll, or not roll, you have mind and technology, and that is your grace. Yep. Okay, uh, then each one of... Now, let's move to advanced. Because advanced is the final frontier of this. This is the hard mode of this game for serious LARPers. This is advanced, Mark. Yeah. If you can pull this off, then you're going to pull down more trim than a guy named Satiros. <laughs> How is that even possible? I don't think it is. I mean, maybe maybe Satiros in a three-wolf moon shirt. <laughs> Which, I mean, basically is just Satiros in my mind. I imagine him Always. constantly in the three-wolf moon. I, I assume if he takes off his three-wolf moon shirt, there's another one underneath it. Yeah, he is a never-nude, but specifically for Three Wolf Moon. (laughs) Okay, so when you switch from basic to advanced, your keys expand. So your body, for example, suddenly switches from just being body to being a core body stat, and then agility, beauty, health, and strength. So you switch from having three stats to uh, 15, because you still have your key, and then each one of them has four substats. Yeah, because something might happen to your key specifically or something might happen to just one of your stats mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and your the way that you calculate them is is convoluted and stupid if I write I mean uh, you've not... got you've got essentially a point by yeah, system it's, it's in this point game. by and, and the way that it works is that when you get a key like say for example you have a body of four which is I think higher than normal then each one of your your substats is also a four. Until you mess with them. Well, it's you get a number of points equal to whatever your stat is, I think, times the number of substats. Exactly. So that everything could be even, but you could just say, uh, instead of a 4 and a 4, I've got a 3 and a 7, or whatever the fuck. Or... It, it lets you be way better, for example, with your mind at imagination than you are at perception. Yeah. Because maybe you see things not as they are, but as they could be, out in the ether, floating, formless, and yet formed? <laughs> that's the best thing right there. That's that's the way that you do this. If you, if you want to learn how to talk like a weird fairy idiot, just <laughs> just deny your own stuff right in the middle of the sentence. Yeah, you just proclaim something to be one way, and then maybe it's not. <laughs> so uh, let's run through those real quick. Imagination, intellect, perception, wisdom... Belief, charm, passion, will, strength, health, beauty, and agility. Yeah. So, uh, each of them, then, your keys also have interactions with their systems in similar ways. Yes. 
Uh, basically, anything you do, combat is resolved whether you're doing physical combat or social combat mm-hmm. the exact which same way. Of, and, or magic combat, which is which is if you roll spirit at somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, each of your different keys is a different way to attack or defend against something. So if someone is trying to physically punch you, then you've got your body stat and you can use that. And then if someone is trying to besmirch your good name, then you've got your uh, mind stat and you can try to socialize back at them. And then if someone is trying to actually rip your soul out of your body, then you have your spirit stat and you can try and do something against that. So here's how this all works. You take, let's say we're playing basic. So I look at my, my spirit stat and let's say I have a spirit stat of three. Then I look at a vocation that I'd like to use to defend against someone ripping out my soul. And I go with, I don't know, uh, a cult or something. Because, let's let's get this out there. I'm looking right now at the character sheet, and the vocation list is icons. Not names, icons. This is throughout the entire book, too. Oh, yeah, there's icons everywhere. This is the 2002-iest book you've ever seen in your life. Instead of just saying, hey, this would be something that keys off of mind, they'll have a little picture of the mind stat thing, Mm -hmm. and that's it. Yeah, Phil looked at pictograms from 3,000 years ago and thought, you know, I think those are going to come back in a big way. Well, yeah. I think all of our division of that into actual language that you can understand and read, well, that's just backwards. We should go back to the way Sumerians read. Or did Sumerians read us? (laughs) So, so let's say, uh, here's, here's the, uh, the list of these things. Uh, picture of uh, a little scroll that says Kansmaeus on it. Artist palette, that's a vocation. Uh, Slide rule and angle r- ruler, Garden of Eden, scissors, heart, and paper, uh, keys and, and a wine or, or a martini glass, something that says language in three languages, boxing gloves in front of a uh, metal disc. I think that's supposed to be used to measure how far your spark plug is from the from the <laughs> spark handle. Uh, a wooden door and science stuff, <laughs> equations and a thing, equations and a beaker. Hooray! So those are those are your vocations. So let's say I try to resist someone attempting to rip my soul out. First, I take my spirit of three. Then I add my I don't know. I'm going to go with martini glass and keys of two, and I get a total stat of five. Now the person who's trying to to uh, attack me has presented me with a strong challenge. Now a strong challenge requires at least an eight to evade. I only have a five, so I can't simply evade it. Dare Maybe. I take a chance? Maybe. You take the chance. Now, to take a chance, I draw a card. Or do that complicated dice nonsense I mentioned earlier. Let's go with cards. I draw a card from the modified deck that contains no jokers, no king of diamonds, and no king of clubs. And let me just say, it is horseshit that a game about fairies and bullshit like that doesn't keep the jokers in there. I know! What the fuck? Those should be uh, whatever they call the DM in this game wild cards, right? Oh yeah, no, when you pull the joker, it should be like, and then a fairy shows up and turns your testicles into butterflies! (laughs) Or perhaps, he turns your butterflies into testicles! (laughs) (laughs) That would be the saddest. I'm sitting there with like a jar full of butterflies, and all of a sudden a fairy comes by and is like, ha ha! And then I just have a jar of testicles. See, now I pick How am I going to explain this to my mom when I come home from butterfly catching when I've got a net and a jar of testicles? She's going to say, John, I sent you out with those magic beans to purchase a cow, and instead you brought home a jar of balls. (laughs) This is a terrible fairy tale. Get back to work at Circuit City. (laughs) After all, this is 2002, and they're not long gone. Okay, so... So basically you draw a card, and if it's a face card, you add or subtract its value, 
based on whether it is red or black. So let's say I drew a three or higher of hearts. Yay, I got to an eight, and my magical task of resisting my mind getting ripped out is a success. Hooray! And that's basically the core concept of the game. Now, it can get way more advanced. For example, if you want, let's say you want to drive a car. If you're playing LARP mode, you say, I would like to drive a car. And then your uh, DM or ST or Fairy Master or whatever his name is says, Well, I don't know. Do you think your character can drive a car? And you say, Well, with a flourish of my trench coat, I whip my hair back and forth and then flash my gray, turning into slightly into purple eyes. And then I drive the car. And he says, Well, that seems like an adequate description, so I'll confer with the council. And then he confers with the council and they say, Fine, you drive the fucking car. <laughs> if you're playing basic... Then you roll, I don't know, which one do you think it is? Body or mind to drive a car? Probably mind, mind, I guess. Then you just check your mind, and if your mind is higher than the difficulty of driving a car, then you then you do, and if it's not, then you take a chance, and then you do or you don't. If you play advanced, then it's roll your bo- your mind plus your, let's say, I don't know, which one of these do you think is driving? I'm going to say slide rule, socket wrench, and piece of paper. Which of which a subcategory could be, but it isn't because they aren't subcategories. You're supposed to make them up yourself. Driving. Yeah. Maybe. 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 Maybe it's not driving. Maybe your subcategories for that one are socket wrenching, angle ruler, and piece of papering. Or maybe, maybe I've got a subcategory that's just movement, and I say, isn't driving just moving? Wouldn't I be able to move, or does the world move around me as I sit in my car? <laughs> I gotta say, normally that would be where my thought process would go. Just I'd create a skill called doing stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, in my science vocation, I've created the subcategory of science. Yeah. So, and then uh, uh, fuck you. In my mental category, I've can created the subcategory of thinking, and I use that one whenever I need to accomplish a task that involves some kind of thinking. Yeah. And, and then, then uh, my in my uh, fighting category, I've got hitting guys. Yeah. And then over in spirit, I've got uh, I don't know. Uh, the spirituality. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, I think I'm all set to play this game. Except this game is so dumb that I didn't even engage the part of my brain that is a power gamer. <laughs> it didn't even turn on. At no point was I like, oh, I could beat this game. I don't want to. No, you don't want to beat this game because that requires engaging with this game. <laughs> I kind of want to hold it with tongs. <laughs> I feel like the more I touch this game, the more it infects me. Or do, do I infect it? <laughs> The only good thing about this game is is it brings me back to a world of 2002 where I haven't seen Independence Day yet, so I've got that to look forward to. <laughs> yes, you will be entirely welcome to Earth. <laughs> it will be amazing. It will be a welcome change from this. Yeah. So let's talk about the setting of Deliria. <sighs> Do we have to? Kind of. All right, so the the game purports that you play as a normal person who's going to grow and learn by going on magical adventures. And let me let me just say this isn't uh, normally fantasy based as far as like you're playing as a chit farmer, you're not playing as a knight or oh, anything no. like that. No, no, no. It's got the categories of things that you could play as because there's a section in the beginning that's like the archetypes of of what a uh, fairy tale hero is, and they have some things that are pretty obviously old school fairy tale heroes. You got your knight, you got your print, your inquisitive princess. They have a whole list of stuff like that. But then, because the game is set in 2002... Yeah, you're not going to be in an actual fantasy setting. You're going to be in modern-day, 
You're going to be some retail worker or, I don't know, a CEO who learns the true meaning of cr- Christmas. Oh, and... so you can play Scrooged? Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Exactly. If this was, if this was the licensed Scrooge ar- Scrooged <laughs> RPG. Which, let me tell you, is amazing. Oh my god. If you guys haven't found the licensed Scrooged uh-huh. RPG. <laughs> now, this, not to be confused with the Scrooge RPG, yeah. where you play as Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, yeah, and everyone does. All four players control Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, his various aspects. Yeah, you can play as DuckTales, or the concept of greed that embodies him, or the old Karl Barks comics, or simply Duckhood. Yeah, just Duckness. Duckness, the essence of Duck. If you can tell, it's because this book doesn't have a whole lot of content. <laughs> it's kind of dragging us off the mark. Uh... It's really big, though. Oh, it's a huge book with a bunch of dumb shit. It's a White Wolf book. It's the size of any other White Wolf book you've seen. Okay, so, your character discovers that there's a fairy world out there. Now, he does this by having a guide who drags him there. A white rabbit, if you will. A sort of person who goes, hey, I know a a hidden secret, or perhaps a glen. And if we go to that glen, or is it a copse, then perhaps we could make out in it. And then you follow them there, and the next thing you know, an ogre is demanding toll for entering his his dread realm or something. And then you're making out with a troll. Yeah, it it just spirals downhill from there. So, that's the basic premise of this game, is that you play in the real world, but there is a fairy world out there. And it is called Deliria. Yeah. And that's where the name comes from. So this is the world of fairies, where magic is real, and everything is animistic and a metaphor. So perhaps you meet a, if you meet a fawn in the woods, is that actually a fawn? Does it follow the rules of fawns? Is it Mr. Tumnus? Perhaps it's Mr. Tumnus. Perhaps it's actually just a fawn, like a young deer. And if you meet one of those, then it's going to learn a lesson about how man has entered the forest. Oh, maybe it's uh, a doe, a female deer. <laughs> and maybe it's faw. If you shoot it with a ray, a golden <laughs> ray of light. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry. Okay. Um, so, Deliria is divided up into a bunch of kingdoms, which are called, I don't know, principalities or... Uh, no, it's got to have some stupid bullshit... Fluffernutters or whatever. I don't... Yeah. Who cares? You're in the Altwald. Okay, these are the different types of fairy tale stories that exist. So perhaps you've got the deep sea one where you can play Little Mermaid out and everything's all terrifying and crazy. You've got your green world where it's all forests and you go through the enchanted woods and there's all sorts of brownies and pixies and things in there. Right, and then you stumble out of a bush on one end and a park ranger finds you and you realize that it's actually the modern day and you're like, wait, why am I still watching M. Night Shyamalan movies? (laughs) There were three good ones. Hey man, the village was alright. Okay, alright. The village, the village has some good atmosphere to it. Yeah. All yeah. right. Fine. Let's, let's all just say the village was okay. Let's digress real quick. Are, are we in agreement that Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs are all okay? Yeah. I mean, obviously the ending of Signs was a giant steaming turd. Well, okay. Let's let's assume that you have to ignore the endings of the films. Yeah. Like, like okay, Sixth Sense has a great ending because it's actually got the twist thing. And Unbreakable has an okay ending. And Signs has a giant steaming turd of an ending. And... The ending of The Village, I'm also, gonna, right, is the first point at which I officially felt insulted. <laughs> the, the first time where I was like, oh, get fucked. <laughs> Literally, these guys pay to keep airplanes from flying over them and shit. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Also, all of these people talk like 18th century old-timey goofballs, and yet all of them, every single one of them, was born in, like, New York in 1988. Yeah. Well, you also, one of the, uh, interestingly, why I like The Village is because everyone says that 
the acting was kind of poor, but you realize that all of the oh, yeah, grown-ups are the ones who, who who do the accents and things aren't doing it well, but the ones that are playing the children actually don't mess up in their grammar and how they say things because they grew up with it instead of being one of the adults. So this has been my digression for why I think the village is actually good and people can eat my dick. I don't even think it's a digression. I feel like the adults are playing Deliria. Yeah, basically. Oh, we are in a fairy world. Those we must not speak of, they will bring about ruin if you wear the color red. Yeah, so that makes perfect sense. Yes. You could totally play Deliria as as a game of the fucking village. That is, that is basically the green world. Yeah. Now, there's also one that's D&D Planet. Oh, Planet D&D. I, it's not actually called that. I'm not going to remember. It's just some name like Vol- I think it's called Faerun. Yeah, Faerun. Yeah. <laughs> it's called, uh, it's called Greyhawk. That's a it's, weird name. It's called, it's called Eberron. Dark Sun. <laughs> it's called Oriental Adventures. Spelljammers. <laughs> How long can we do this? No, okay, uh, let's not, because that's boring. Um, it's called like Valkmer or something, and it's the D and D world where princesses rule, and there are there are dark elves who crave your power and what have you. There's also one that's called the Barbarian Realms. This is my favorite one. Let's let the barbarian or the new barbarians. <laughs> uh, first the new of all, barbarians. the new barbarians. Didn't they write that uh, "Don't Give Up" song from like 1991? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the new barbarians had that song where they're like, "You drive me crazy." <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that was the new barbarians. Oh, I could have sworn they sang the uh, "Don't Give Up." You've got a reason to live. <laughs> is it? Anyone? No. Anyone? New barbarians? Anyone? Something. It's one of those, right? <laughs> yeah, one of them. Maybe both. <laughs> Maybe both. Why they not? split up, came back together. No, no. The, it, the truth is far worse than our dumb mugging. The truth is that new barbarians are humans who have entered the fairy world by playing World of Warcraft. Except it's 2002, so it's mostly people who are entering the fairy world by playing EverQuest. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> or uh, what, what else would be back that old? Uh... City of Heroes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so... So that's what it is. It's people who have entered the fairy world by playing online role-playing games, except they have recently realized a few of them, a very scant few, the mysterious ones of great power whose souls burn as if burning souls. (laughs) They have learned that there's a way to get into the game for real. Yeah, I really want them to just be people who play MUDs. And so they spend their entire life in a text-based world where they're like, I'd like to get ye flask. You cannot get ye flask. Damn it! <laughs> it's just, don't go over to New Barbaria. Like, stay here in Valkmer, the D&D world, because as soon as you get over there, it's all text-based and you are likely to be eaten by a group. Exactly. It's real dark there. <laughs> Except it's all EverQuesty. That's That's what it is. And this is the way that they describe it. The New Barbarians don't realize that they're killing fairies in a real world. They think they're playing a video game, for the most part. And so fairies who are endlessly amused by everything will occasionally go over there to fight them and have fun. But recently, it has become a danger. Uh, there are there, Also, there are people who get into the fairy world by walking through a door in their game. So basically they, I don't know, they, they Captain N and the Game Master themselves into uh, in, yeah. into fairy play. They, they were drinking fairy juice and then they tripped and fell through a door and hit their head on something and now they're in a fairy land. Yeah, lightning struck them and they, they went whipping through and then their skin turned blue and they started mugging like the mask. Yeah, all of a sudden lightning crashes and uh, <laughs> a new mother dies. I can feel it. <laughs> all right. So... There are a lot of world, worlds like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of them you can kind of tell what their influence is. And their influences aren't things you'd expect. It's not like there's Tolkien World or 
uh, C.S. Lewis world where there's clearly a world of ice and the fairy and the the cold princess rules it and perhaps you meet a fawn. No, it's not like that. It's it's like uh, it's modern stuff. So it's got people who play D and D go to D and D world and people who play EverQuest go to EverQuest world and people who are majoring in marine biology because they really think that's going to take them somewhere <laughs> are and they go to Ocean Planet because they think oh man these sea creatures are awesome I want to do that and then they end up looking at samples of ocean dirt for twenty hours. Every day Every for the rest day. of their life. <laughs> I'm going to work with dolphins. Nope, you're going to work with their poop. You're going to go ahead and study a little piece of dolphin poop and figure out if it's got worms. See if you can teach that microbe to jump through a hoop. <laughs> Congratulations on going to Scripps. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, there's a bunch of different worlds. There's all the shenanigans. And it has then, after it details all of the places you could go... It begins detailing all of the different themes that could exist. And so it goes into the classic fairy tale motifs of, like, maybe your thing represents transformation. So, like, people that turn into animals or animals that turn into people or... Pumpkins turn into carriages. Boys becoming men. Men Men becoming wolves. wolves. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Or perhaps your theme is heroism. Yeah. Etc. And so all of these different things, they'll give some examples of like, oh, these are fairy tales that use that as the theme. This is what you could possibly do in your game to represent that theme. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether you want to say, okay, I'm doing a heroism game. All right, well, we're going to make it so that someone has been kidnapped and you've got to go find them. And they've been taken to the mall on the outskirts of town that's been abandoned. And you've got to find them. And there's some monster there. And it turns out it was Old Man Withers. No, wait, I'm playing Scooby-Doo now. I've... You are. You're playing Old Man Withers and Scooby-Doo. And you pull off his mask and instead it's Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> but maybe it is I who wear the mask. For aren't we all players in this play? Did you just claim to be Scrappy-Doo? That's the worst thing anyone's ever claimed. Puppy power! <laughs> I think one of the more interesting things about this game, if I have to throw anything interesting to it, it's that it actually tells you that one player should be the main character. Which, uh, you know, ends up kind of happening in a lot of games where mm-hmm. whoever the player with the most charisma or the most LARP ability... Right, yeah, oh, that's fair. I mean, this one tells you to rotate. Yeah. You know, today's a Jason story, so his character... Uh, Lulia, the, the amazing barista, cause this game is the worst concept. <laughs> yeah, so you'll, you'll take turns of like, alright, here's the story of Ma. And because you're telling a fairy tale, most fairy tales don't generally revolve around more than one, maybe two characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you get all of your single stories, maybe you have a Hansel and Gretel where it's the two of them. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple of those that exist out there. But uh, you usually don't have a, like, an entire entourage of people that all get center stage at various points in time in yeah. your fairy I mean, tale. I mean, granted, there's there's the potential to play as, say, for example, three pigs who have to learn about house building. Yeah. Or it, three bears whose home is invaded by a cruel spirit that ruins except their mostly porridge. mostly that would be playing as the cruel spirit of porridge ruining. Are you? Or, or am I not? <laughs> or does the spirit play you? <laughs> oh, or has the porridge ruined me? For have I tasted divinity? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, you play as, ba- they, they want you to have one core character and then everyone else plays their character or they, this, I love this section where it's like, well, there's one guy who's part of your LARP circle who has been pulling a lot of late hours recently. So instead of playing one character, he plays a lot of characters who pop in and out and, and, uh, do little things. 
Yeah, it gives you the option of if you didn't want to play the character that you made, you could play a bunch of bullshit NPCs for me because I'm real boring as the ST. Well, it's because it's a LARP thing. You can't uh. have the ST jumping back and forth across the room and being like, now I am a mysterious raver. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, probably. Imagine the width of my pants. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I, have to, I Jim. Do, I will do no such thing. <laughs> I don't have to, Jim. I can already see the width of your pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a lot of different suggestions for how to do it, what to do. There's sample NPCs in I was this just book. about to ask if we could talk about the sample NPCs. Oh, God. Every single one of them, I shit you not, has the worst name. <laughs> like, like you keep thinking, oh no, I found the worst name. Oh no, never mind, I found the worst name. And they're all things like mahogany black, brimstone green, and just autumn. My name is Autumn. Okay, great. My babysitter in high school was named Autumn. High school, wait, middle school. There we go, that makes me yeah. sound less, less lame. But I'm Malachi Fortune. Okay, Malachi Fortune. When I, when I flipped this page, this book open to a random page, I got Malachi Fortune. <laughs> Ma- Malachi Fortune is Neo, or not Neo, fucking Morpheus from the Matrix. Yep. Except he's a fairy game guy. And it describes him as having a trench coat that always blows in the wind, flashing eyes, impossibly high cheekbones, skin like onyx with white set bl- gl- blazing teeth contained therein. He's the most Mary Sueiest NPC I've ever seen. Yeah. Let me just tell you that he wears dark glasses that reflect the face of whomever he's speaking to. Morpheus. Mm-hmm. And they seem to contain eternity if he's looking at nothing in particular. Fortune speaks in graceful enigmas and seems more like a fluid shadow than a man. Also, he's fighting Neil. Let's go to the room. Okay, he's more like a fluid shadow than a man. That's one of your NPCs. That gives you an idea of what they want your PC to be. And let's say right now that, that uh, Malachi Fortune or whatever his name is, has a picture of a guy. There's a little, there's art of a, of a black guy. Cause it's not always the case in this book. This book's got a lot of clip art in it. Yeah. There's a lot of women in this book who look like Alanis Morissette att- attending a moot. <laughs> there's, the art in this book varies so wildly. A lot of it's really good. It's some of the best art we've seen in a book in a long time. If what you like is really, really high quality pictures of tits. Yeah. If you really want some tits and fairy wings behind those tits. Yeah. Great. Good yeah. job. There's, you did it. You found the game. Yeah. There's a lot of T in this game. There's even some A in this game. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is the first time I've ever seen it in this game. In any game, there's some V. There's one shot in there where you straight up get a picture of just a naked lady looking at you. She's from, like, what's from, up? From head on. She's like, I shave constantly because that's what you do in fairyland. <laughs> I live in the land of waxing. Yeah. And then you get some where you... You get that horrible, I took a picture of my buddy, yeah, and then I just photoshopped a hat on top of him. Oh god, that one? The one of the the magician? Yeah, there's a magician where it's obviously some dude's Burning Man friend, who he was like, can you like, wear a top hat or whatever? And he's like, oh, that doesn't look good enough, and then photoshopped it so like, cards were shooting out from his uh, coat. There's no way that that guy doesn't exist now. Like, that's prophetic, that picture of that magician from 2002. Nowadays, that guy is real, his name is Shadow Mist, and it's his PUA name. <laughs> Somewhere, right now, Shadow Mist the douche magician is engaging a two-set. Yeah. And one of them is a seven. I swear to fucking God, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's- it is... I I need to share that picture with everyone because it is fucking amazing. Oh, it makes me so mad looking at that picture. I'm like, oh, get the fuck out of my house, you douche. 
<laughs> Quit trying to convince the random girls to do ecstasy. Quit snorting cocaine off a picture of my sister. Get out of my house. <laughs> so, in addition to the decent art and the obviously just a picture with Photoshop art, mm-hmm. you have some bad art There's a lot and of bad some art. mediocre art. Yeah, but, you know, the highs are high. I'll give it that. Yeah, you do at least have that. So that's something. That's something. Now, a lot of the art in this book is just icons. Yes, there's icons everywhere. There's a section where he has three icons in a row, and they're just increasing in complexity. Like, the first one's a head, and the second one's a head with some swirls around it, and the third one is a head with some swirls and some magic, and I think it has earrings or something. And it literally says, icons like this will follow it throughout the book. They are self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> the book will just have a section where it's like, all right, we're going to talk about uh, fairy motifs, and in front of that is just some triangle with an eye and two sparkles coming out of it, and you're like, what the fuck does that even mean? I think if you click on it, you get to play Bejeweled? <laughs> is, that, is that... Sweet! Is that accurate? I, I don't know. It's full of these little stupid gem-shaped icons. Uh, okay. Um, this game has some powers your character can have after you've figured out your stats. Some powers. Uh, there's not very many. It's it's way near the back of the book. Like, I thought I was done when I hit the powers. Oh, yeah, because normally, going through this, I figured, oh, I'm just playing a guy and everyone else has ridiculous fairy magic or they can make me deals and give me potions and whatnot, but anything I get is based on someone else handing me a thing and not because I am particularly magical. But the powers are all things like you... You are more perceptive than other people, or you are slightly empathic. Yeah, they've got kind of a, uh, like a merits and flaws system. Yes. So you can be like, alright, I do my merits and flaws, I can get more merits if I pick more flaws. Ugh. Animals like you. That, Animals that, hate me. That's oh, the I kind get of more thing. points. And literally, the last three pages of this book, before you get to the, uh, the, the, the terrible, terrible three-page character sheet, is how to build spells. Because you can be a spellcaster, and the only thing for being a spellcaster is you have to have a mind of five and a spirit of six. If you have those stats, you're a spellcaster, done. To cast spells, you have to create them. Every spell is created, and it has to have uh, what the spell does, what the spell costs to do that, how the spell could be broken, and what you need the spell for. You need to have these things, and then you're allowed to cast a spell. Yep, and there's a bunch of different types yeah. You can do, like, protection spells or Binding. destruction spells yeah. or whatever it happens to be. I'll, I'll say again, because I, I want to throw nice things to the book when I can, even though I, I you know, I, I, just because it's, I want to be fair. It's neat that the spells have to each come with a way that they are broken. Because yeah, that makes sense for fairy tales. Yeah, that that's great. If you decide, all right, I took a spell and it makes so your armor is ever rusting no matter what armor you put on. You're like, oh, okay, then there has to be some way to break that curse. True love's kiss. Yeah, why not? It's, it's always, always fucking true love's kiss. Always, what, every yeah, time. Every time. What's this spell do? Oh, it turns water into milk. Oh, how do you, how do you turn it back into water? Uh, true love's kiss. To who? Who, who gets the kiss? Don't worry about it. The milk. I, I, I don't fuck. Leave me alone. And, uh, okay, just because I was at the magic section and I fucking, I need to read more of this book to you so you know what happened when we read this book. Bring it. Okay, this is a little thing called The Magic is You. (laughs) Or are you the magic? (laughs) Ray Cross's fiddle sings of age, of dying heroes and rich tomorrows. With gypsy lilts and Hebrew longings, it spins out wordless tales. Musica, the language of the fae. Brown fingers skitter notes across the catgut strings. Soft breath flares across the fiddle skin, alive. Ray and Fiddle merge, become one entity, and invoke their muse together. 
What's uh what's Hebrew longing? Uh is that is that like a, a really good gefilte fish? Oh, okay. I was gonna say is it like a like an old mom sitting in a chair and just saying, You do whatever you wanna do. <laughs> Hebrew longings I would like if you'd visit maybe once in a while, but you don't have to. Oh, fine, leave me here in the dark. That's fine. I'm fine by myself. God knows I could trip and break my neck, but you do whatever you want to do. Hebrew longings. Hebrew longings. Fiddle, fiddleskins. Yeah. Fiddle, fiddleskins brings you Hebrew longings. Fiddleskins are what I order when I'm in a sports bar. <laughs> I order fiddleskins, and I order cheese dudes. Every time I go to Hebrew Longings, my favorite deli, <laughs> I get some fiddleskins and cheese dudes. <laughs> that's uh, that's what the whole book is like. I can't stress this enough. If you ever find a copy of this book, open it to a random page and start reading, and what you are reading about is how fairies are great. Now, you don't think you're reading about fairies are great. You think you're reading about how ether is all around you, except you're all around ether, and perhaps... If the song calls you, a light will come forth from a goat. <laughs> the, okay. So we were just talking about the, the spells and the shit you can do. Yes, powers. Your character's and, little powers. And how fairies are great. Mm -hmm. We haven't and actually talked about what fairies are yet. Well, the big, the big thing for me is this book is wall to wall. Your character is garbage and the NPCs are amazing. Yes. It never stops reminding you that Okay, maybe you have a spell that can heal someone, but there's no such thing as resurrection unless a powerful NPC shows up and does it. Yeah. Like, great. Okay, wonderful. All right, so fairies do it. Okay, whatever. Every single time it talks about anything you could do, it always goes, but there's a limit. You can't do ma. Except for NPCs, who are always better than you in every way. Fairies can do whatever they want. There's In the second book, in the splat book, it mentions briefly rules for how to play as fairies. But it does mention that you can only play as crappy, basic fairies, the kind that are... Oh, them basic fairies always getting them lattes. <laughs> yeah, the, the magic winged lattes. and getting their fairy yoga pants. Ethereal Ugg boots. <laughs> Wearing their North Face jacket of protection. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, it's a sleeveless vest, excuse me. Sorry. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, my, my basic is a little off. <laughs> they summon the, the, the entities of the spheres with a vanilla candle from Yankee Candle. Yeah. Yeah, okay, got it. Um, you can play as fairies, but you have to play as one of the lower fairies, because the good ones are way too good for players to play. Yeah, it, it it is always insisting that no matter what you do, these fairies are better than you. So there are, like, four kinds of fairies. And the fairies come in little, basically, lights, like, just kind of whizzly, diddly lights that do... <laughs> that, 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 that flutter around people who are being creative, or perhaps they repair shoes in the night. That, that sort of fairy. Basically the fairies from, like, the uh, first Ewok TV movie. The, the, <laughs> the, the kind that are just a little light and you catch it, and then later it scares a giant. It's like it's like the fairies from Willow. Yeah, or the fairies from Let... Yeah, they're useless. Exactly, yeah. Just like they them. do nothing. Yeah. They're just little lights. The most any one of them does is kiss Willow on the nose. Yeah. That's it. Now, the next step up is, like, the pixies or brownies or whatever from Willow. Again, from Willow. Yeah, we're using a Willow-based economy here. <laughs> So, at this point, you've got those two little assholes in Willow that fall in beer and yell beer. Yeah, you've that, got Frenchie and whatever the fuck the other one's name was, uh, played the, by Kevin Pollock. Yeah, played by Kevin. Let's go ahead and say it was probably named Christopher Walken then. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I, fell in, I, I fell in beer. <laughs> beer! 
<laughs> okay, so those ones are a little more formative, but they look like children. They're very small. They don't have as much power on the world, but they still have way more than you do, you crappy player. Yeah. And uh, they're basically little cheruby guys. They're cute. Now, the next step up is human-sized fairies who are kind of m- magical and interesting and sort of your general fae. Yeah, yeah. The, the sort of fairy you picture when you, when you, uh, when, like life-sized fairy, like, like someone who's the same size, someone who has wings sticking out of their back. You know, in, in Hook, when Tinkerbell got all big and she was like, put it in me. Yeah, you remember in Big when, uh, Tom Hanks got all big and was like, put it in me? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I remember that. I read your fan fiction. Okay, you're right. That's that's what it is. It's a, that that that's perfect. When Julia Roberts gets all big in Hook. Yes. Okay. Or uh, to keep using Willow math, I'm going to say that one's what Mav, Mad Mardigan. Sure. Why not? <laughs> if Mad Mardigan had cute little wings. No, it's it's uh it's Finn Rizel. Oh, Finn Rizel. Yeah. Thanks for being able to remember that name. Yeah. There you go. And then there are noble fairies. Which are like the kings of fairies. They're the best. Yeah, and that's, that is the fairy queen that gives him the, uh, Shalindria. Shalindra. Very nice. Shalindra has a wand that gives to Willow, and she's a big fuck off spirit fairy, and there you go. So it's the Willow RPG, except that instead of playing Willow, you play the village. Yes. You are a shitty midget with a shitty life, and then a fucking fairy shows up and screws everything up. At the most, you can hope to play that second rank of fairy, which is like the girl in dark, the girl gelfling in dark crystal. Yeah. That'd be pretty fun. Maybe you're burgle cut and you're in charge of (laughs) the money in the village. Your knowledge of Willow is astonishing (laughs) me right now. Uh, yeah. I remember being scared shitless of that movie as a kid because the troll turning into a two-headed Oh, Rocky-saurus monster. That is scary. When it first happens, the effect is its hair gets ripped off and it's all blood muscle sinew beneath it. And you're like, oh, Jesus. This scene, whoa. So uh, if you were also scared by the scene where a troll turns into a two-headed monster in Willow, after first turning into a pulsating football made of meat and fur, <laughs> then uh, please leave a comment in the, in the uh, comment <laughs> section below. All right, we got about ten minutes left, so let's talk about our favorite and least favorite aspects of this Christ. game, which is going to be the most fun part. Yep. So, John, what would you say is your favorite thing about Deliria fairy tales for the new millennium? Oh, God. Okay. Um, the... Ah, Jesus. Okay. I have listed at least two good things. Yeah, and I don't like either of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd probably say my favorite thing in the book is the uh, the split in rules. I actually like the basic advanced split. Well, I don't really care for the the LARP bit, because a lot of it ends up being oddly taking some of the rules from the basic, and then in weird ways they start talking about, like, how you would resolve certain things, and it ends up being way more complicated because you're trying to LARP out stuff instead of just rolling for it. It ends up, again, it ends up with him, like, consulting other players. So it ends up saying, like, oh, at this point you have to put forward... Do the other players think you accomplished your goal with Mm. the little play that you put on? Yeah. And, again, I've never played in a LARP, but my my understanding from people who have talked to them is that they are the clickiest things in the world. Yeah. So it'd be like, no, Deborah, you didn't accomplish anything. Yeah. (laughs) So the... But the the split, basically, between the advanced or basic rules is nice. It lets you decide on granularity, which is good. I like that, that it gives you the option of, did you just want to have, like, three stats and not give a fuck about things? Great, go for it. If you want to get into the nitty-gritty of this and really dig into the system, sure, go for it. 
Yeah, I like that too. I think that's fair. I like the LARPy system just because I, I think it's neat that this game came with rules for LARPing. Like, I remember reading, you know, most people LARP. Well, like, honestly, reading this, the book is just, you want this to be a LARP book, and he added in some rules. Well, okay, I've never read Vampire Old World of Darkness. I've, I've never read, I've never read Vampire New World of Darkness. I, it's, it's, a, it's a blind spot in my RPG history. That's real sad. And then, it's weird, right? I should have read it by now. Um, but I don't think it has rules for LARPing it. I think you have to buy some second book, Mind's Eye Theater or something. Yeah. To, to LARP with it. So this book at least was like, right out the gate, this is a LARP. You know, you're probably gonna wanna LARP with this. You're gonna wanna hang around with your friends who all wear corsets so that their boobs look like shelves. That's what this is. Yeah. And the, the addition of the system was nice. It does get very fiddly if you want it to. Like mm-hmm. all of the various modifiers just for doing one thing is insane. Oh yeah, it gets very fiddle skins. You're right. Yeah, it's super fiddle skins. Yeah. So, Jeff, what's your favorite thing about Deliria? Hmm. I think I may have already said what my favorite thing about Deliria was. I like the way that characters can jump, or players can jump, between playing different things. And I, I think that was my favorite thing about uh, Nobilis as well, which was the, the concept that a character can... Uh, if you're not involved yeah, in the scene. you're still involved. Yeah. So you're not just sitting there waiting. Because, you know, if you've played enough D&D... And, other games over the years, you've kind of developed this ma- this feeling of don't split the party because Lord knows if you leave me alone for a minute, I'm going to just get lost in a game of Super Hexagon and never come out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially nowadays with the smartphones, if someone is not currently involved, that motherfucker is on his phone right now. Yeah, we're done here. So this game keeps you from wanting to split the party and it keeps everyone engaged by saying everyone's always playing something, which is good. I like that. I like that kind of system because it keeps people engaged and it also keeps people on their toes. You know, if you get very used to playing your character, you know, a Jim Strongman, the strongest Jim there is, <laughs> then uh, then when they're like, oh, you also have to play as the the queen of edibles or something, just just a weird character for a second, you can, and you go, oh, okay, well, I'm stretching my muscles a little bit, and I'm having a good time. Yeah. So I like that. That's fine. Yeah. What is your least favorite thing about Deliria? And you're not allowed to say the whole book. <laughs> Okay, least favorite thing has got to be the general tone of it. I won't say the words because we've made fun of that shit throughout the entire podcast. Mm -hmm. But just the tone of it is, while you aren't technically a medieval shit farmer, you may as well be for all the care it gives you. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're going to be a fairy tale and, you know, Cinderella wasn't anything special, so fuck you, neither are you. I'm like, great, so that just means things happen to me. I'm not a protagonist as much as I am the main focus of the story, but I don't drive anything forward because I don't have the ability to drive anything forward. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. It, it feels like you're playing too much of a shit farmer and you're way too dependent on the... I mean, fairy tales, by definition, aren't especially good as things to roleplay because everything that happens to the main character is just whims of fate. Oh, yeah. It's just, okay, well, I got lost in the woods and then I got found by a witch... And then I got turned into a pay, and you're like, okay, this is all things that happen to the main character. Yeah. But the main character very rarely ends up being the protagonist, except for like maybe a few stories of like, oh, this knight goes out and saves someone. Yeah. But even then, usually it's the story of the princess that needs saving, and the knight just shows up. Yeah. You think about it as a basic, like, like think about Jack and the Beanstalk. Okay, Jack's a moron. He sells a cow for beans. He throws the beans out the window because he's a moron. 
They grow into a giant thing, and he just goes, well, I'll just climb that, I don't know, I'll climb that thing, whatever, well, let's do that. So he climbs the thing, and there's a giant up there, and he's like, oh my god, giant, I'm scared. The giant tries to eat him, and he doesn't, and then he's like, oh, a harp, I should take the harp, because the harp is valuable, and then he goes down, and the giant falls him, and he's like, uh, I guess I'll, oh, no, wait, it just fell down on its own, because it died, because it's old, so the vine falls down, yay, I win, I am Jack. Yeah, there's, there are definitely some fairy tale that you could say the like the main character is an actual protagonist, moves things forward, but most of the time it's just fairies or witches or magic yeah, of some think about kind. Old, think about the really old Disney movies. Your 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 Cinderellas and Sleeping Beauties and 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 uh, Snow, White. Snow White. Snow White in particular is amazing. That character never does anything for herself. Oh yeah, the, she the, runs, and that's about it. The, the most like uh, autonomy she shows is when she decides to clean some stranger's house. Pretty much, yeah. And that's, that's it. And that is the level that they assume you will be in this game, and that's what I hate. Yeah, okay, so, that's fair. Your least favorite thing about Deliria? I'm going to say Tone too, but not the same thing about the Tone. Okay. I'm going to talk about how this book, from start to finish, is just like, I, I swear, he just walked into a hippie coffee bar on a Wednesday night in 2002 with a tape recorder and just recorded Tone poetry for two hours and was like, there, done, all set. Boy, they sure did say Wittershins and Entmood a lot. I'm gonna, but whatever, I'm gonna put that into the book. That's, cause that's what, that's how it reads. It's just the most poetic-y, gobbledygooky nothing for pages and pages and pages. Which, I mean, it's fine. When you've got a, a book about fairies and fairy tales and you go, okay, when I do the beginning intro to a chapter, it having the kind of language that we've been talking about in the podcast is fine. That's great. Do that. If you have a fairy character, and it's in character for that fairy, and they're saying something in a sidebar, whatever, great, do that. But when you are explaining your entire system, even the, like, crunch of the system, like you're trying to blow yeah. someone's mind that's with exactly how it. crazy you are. It's always trying to expand your mind. It's a book that's trying its best to just be a big old can of nitrous. And it's it doesn't work because you you just get sick of it. You're just like, oh, I really want to see a rule. Can I just see a rule? Turns the page. The breathless stag clatters upon the cobblestones. Uh. Dare he enter the goblin market? Just, okay, all right. Let's let's try another page. Perhaps all fish are geniuses. You will never know, for fish fly through the ethereum. Okay, all right, all right. What's my character called? It just keeps going like that. Yeah, the fact that it just goes. Forever is insane. It's to me. This is the second book I've read about fairies where that's the exact same thing. Well, yeah, because if you're the type of writer that wants to write about fairies, you're also the type of writer that wants to write like that. Because I also read the Exalted Fair Folk First Edition. Ah, yes, by Doctor Moran. Doctor Moran, and it's it's the same thing. Like I've read that book cover to cover twice, and I still can't tell you how anything in it works. Nope. It's the same thing. You get this. This. I. I. I, It's just a fairy thing. People who start writing about fairies to start saying words like Wittershins. And, uh, and, and blessed be and stuff, and they can't stop themselves. It's just, it's just automatically. I wonder if there's any other species where that happens. Like, if you write about mermaids, do you start writing as if you're the, you're Daryl Hannah? Does that, does that, does that happen <laughs> yes, to you? That, that's what happens. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. Congratulations, you figured, figured it out. Figured it out. It's gonna be 80s movie night here. <laughs> so there you go. That's my least favorite thing is, is the tone of the book that never fucking settles down and switches into rules at any point. Okay. Would you play Deliria? Oh god, god. City no. of Violence. I would I would City of Violence all over this. I would rather play Haven City of Violence. 
than Deliria. Oh, wow, that's terrible. Like, that is that is how much I hate everything that has to do with it, because it just, it is offensive to all of my senses. Like, everything about this book just pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Even, even just picking it up without opening the book, I just looking at it makes me angry. The cover is basically one of those sun faces. Like one but of those... it's in a flower, because yeah. maybe the sun is a flower, and it blooms with light. Yeah, that sort of thing. With a weird little black nose. I, I, I'm I sure I could come up with some wicked poetry for what black noses are all about, but I'm not going to. So no, no, you wouldn't play this game. No. I, I don't and, play it. And, and would you play Deliria? No, but I would play it more readily than I would play Haven City of Violence. Because at <laughs> least, and I'm going to say that because at least it's simple. I can explain how to play this game to other people if I need to. If I, if I were to release the abridged version of this book where it had nothing but your character has mind, body, and spirit... Roll mind plus plus vocation to accomplish task. I'd be like, yeah, great, that's easy. I, I, that, that's a simple set of rules that I understand, and I can write down and codify. And then after that, what I can do is just take a uh, a huge basket of magnetic poetry war, uh, tiles and just just fling them at random onto a refrigerator, and then write that down as a book. There you go. Yeah. So no, I would not play this. Good. However, I would like to once again thank Grant Woodward of Saving the Game at SavingTheGamePodcast.org for submitting the book to us. Thank you, Grant. We're keeping it forever. I don't want to, but we are. <laughs> it's happening. We're not mailing anything back. This is probably going to go into a bonfire where we dance naked and sing songs to the fire god. <laughs> as awesome as that would be, it's actually going to go on the big collection wall of dumb RPGs we have. Yeah, well, sadly. So, once again, thank you very much for your for your uh, submission. It's been a great time reading it. And uh, sorry we didn't read the second book, but we couldn't. We just We just couldn't. Yeah, I, I couldn't even finish this book all the way. Yeah, so, once again, that's Grant Woodward at SavingTheGamePodcast.org. Thanks very much for your submission. Uh, okay, so, uh, you got anything else you want to talk about? Nope! Okay. This has been System Mastery, the podcast about re- reviewing old role-playing games. If you want us to review an old role-playing game, let us know. You can put it in the comments below, or you can email us at SystemMastery at Gmail. Visit our Facebook page, which is also called System Mastery. Find us at System Mastery at Twitter, or uh, I, I'm, on, I'm now System Mastery at Reddit, so I guess if you want to hit me up there, you can. Uh, there's, so there's all kinds of ways to get a hold of us, but the easiest one is just to drop the comments below. If you want to send us books, we're happy to accept them. We just recently had another offer, which we're going to take up, to get an old copy of the TSR Buck Rogers. Woo! Uh, it's been too long since we've done a licensed game, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And uh, that's about it. Please, please let us know how you think we're doing and what you'd like to hear us review. Uh, for System Mastery, I've been Jeff. I'm John. And you have a lovely day. Whimsy! Magic! Mystery! I could keep doing this, but I have to pee!